Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Scoop Slam podcast. We're back once again going over Raw and Dynamite. And boy, good week, bad week, mm, somewhere in the middle. We'll find out. You know, uh, there's only one silver lining. Alabama football starts next week, so at least I got something to look forward to because Wednesdays definitely aren't going to keep me interested. But as always, I'm joined by my co-host. I hope we don't have to have a talent meeting backstage. It's Ryan. Yo, ready to be scoop slam, Micah. Let's do it. Oh, boy, what a week. Uh, The news is just ridiculous. (laughs) And we'll get more into that next or, you know, on the next episode this weekend. But, oh, boy. If it ain't one, it's another. If it ain't WWE, it's AEW, and I don't think anybody's happy in this business anymore. No, no. Especially me watching well, these shows. I'm definitely not happy. Well, let's start off on a good note. Monday night, August 22nd, Raw in Toronto, Canada. This is for you, our Canadian viewers. We know you're out there. You can you Canucks, you hosers, <laughs> we appreciate you. We see your views. But all in all, uh, a pretty solid Raw. We'll go ahead and start it out fast, and just like they did, we opened up with a brawl in Gorilla almost immediately as the show opened with Seth and Riddle going back and forth. Um, they ended up getting split up by security, and then they spill out into the arena, into the stands, by the ring, all over the place. Uh, a fun way to start Raw. I thought it was kind of awkward they did the pyro after the brawl, but other than that, I thought it was cool. Yeah, um, how many brawls have we gotten since Triple H's taken over? Like, all these backstage brawls, have you noticed that? It's his uh, run-in. It's his equivalent of Tony Khan's run-in. <laughs> you got to have one every night. I'm telling you, man, NXT was like the most dangerous place on earth when Triple H was booking it. The parking lot... In the backstage area, man, you will either get snatched up, beat down, mystery attacked. Everything was 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 off limits or not off limits. Well, to be fair, I mean the crash style, I guess, is pretty popular. To be fair, so I like it. it has a chaotic feel. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it kind of shows like nobody's friends backstage because that's something that bothers me is like yes heels can be friends but it makes more sense for all of them guys to kind of be out for themselves now the baby faces being friends okay that makes sense but i guess being a heel to me is kind of like being an outlaw to a point i mean you don't want you don't want darby having best friends backstage or you know, Stone Cold, you don't want Stone Cold having a best friend backstage. You want him to be out for themselves, a loner. I mean, I got, yeah, it just depends on the guy. But, you know, sometimes, like, baby faces will, you know, get in a situation against two guys and then they'll call on another baby face. Kind of like when Punk and Moxley uh, teamed up a few months back. Uh, I think it was, like, right when Mox had come back from rehab. So, I, I mean, I think it can work. I don't remember that, <laughs> but I take your word for it. I don't remember who they fought, but maybe it was like two point or something. It was FTR. It was FTR. What? They teamed against yep. FTR. 
Mm-hmm. It was when uh, he was doing the feud with MJF and oh, or the Pinnacle. Okay. okay, okay, that makes sense. Then. All right. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, we'll move on. There wasn't like a, you know, really a ton. I thought it was kind of odd they didn't show up for the rest of the show. Well, they got thrown out the building. Oh well, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Normally, I don't know. You'll see something keep you going just, throughout. The... You just wanted them to brawl all night, like them cut away and <laughs> hour two they cut back and they're still fighting and like catering or something. I mean, punk that would be pretty fun. It? Yeah, that would be pretty funny actually. I don't know. I would like that. <laughs> well, next up, we had uh, Canada's own Trish Stratus, WWE legend, WWE Hall of Famer, making her way down to the ring. Um, she got in saying that it's good to be back in a ring in front of all these people, and she's been thinking a lot lately. A lot of things have been on her mind, and as you know, she kind of teases like she's going to come back. She's interrupted by Bailey. And Kai and Sky, it's gonna work. I'm telling you, they're they're listening. That's gonna be their team name. They're gonna st- it's gonna uh, stick. <laughs> Bailey says that they're huge fans of Trish Stratus, uh, but they ask her, you know, what do you think you're doing here on our show? To which Trish explains, uh, you know, she was finishing her statement from before before Bailey interrupted her, saying that she was thinking, you know, about the women's division of today and the issues that they have. But Bailey cuts her off and, you know, was saying, who do you think you are? You're a nobody. You're a has been, you're a hack, all this, that, and the other. And then Bianca Belair interrupts. So then Bianca comes obviously to defend Trish because Trish is Uber over in Canada or just anywhere else um, saying that she was a trailblazer and she paved the way for, these three women across from her, Bailey and company, to be where they are today. Trish then tells her that she can go from retired to what go from am retired to was retired real quick as Bailey tells her to go right ahead. She's outnumbered right now because it was Bianca and Trish versus uh, they really need a team name. I get sick of saying Bailey and company. <laughs> <laughs> but uh God, then God. Bliss and Oscar yeah, but then where's Bailey fitting? <laughs> kind guy and Bailey. Yeah, that really rolls off the tongue. Um, but yeah, then Bliss and Alex, Bliss and Alexa, Bliss and Oscar came down, and Bailey kind of backed down, and then it dissolved into the originally scheduled match for the tag team championships for the women's division: Kind Sky versus Oscar and Alexa. I didn't. I didn't watch that match. <laughs> I watched it because I hope you watched the other one because oh, I didn't man. watch it. God. Wait, what was the other one? <laughs> uh, Bailey and Bailey versus Aaliyah. I actually did watch that. <laughs> okay, we're well, good. Then we can half and half this oh, one. <laughs> I like it. We didn't even plan that. We just did it. Nope. <laughs> the promo was good. Promo was good. Um, they're. Um, it was like a Toronto-based show, man. Like they, uh, they had Aaliyah on Raw when I think she's on SmackDown, just because she was from Toronto, I guess. And uh, you got old KO. They got a hero's welcome. Uh, Trish came out. I like how they're doing this though, because you you notice how they schedule Kurt Angle next week for Pittsburgh. I like when they do that. Yeah. It just uh, 
it adds another it adds another element to the show. It um, it, you know, it sends the fans. You know, it, it gives them gives them something to cheer for. Trish was over like Rover in Toronto, and she got. I mean, you know, she's really good on the mic. She still got a. She looks like she can go in the ring too. Still, she still looks young oh, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Like I'm good. not even gonna lie, she's still good looking. Yeah, she look good. Um, look good. And I, I think too, it's a good thing that they bring these legends back for people to get heat off of. Because you know, next week I make a bold prediction. I feel like Austin Theory is going to be the one to interrupt Kurt Angle, but really, I I, I don't know. I mean, it kind of makes sense. It's kind of Theory's gimmick right now. Nah, he just inter- I think he started something with Gargano earlier. Yeah, which we'll get to that, but um, it it just I don't know. I would uh, write I it down. It. I wouldn't hate it. I wish they would have did something with the Cena stuff that they had. Um on social media a couple months ago. Yeah, I know. I thought they were going to go to SummerSlam with that one, but, you know. What the you know heck? What you get when you assume. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> we're, we're getting off topic. Um, it was a good segment. Uh, how was the match? Uh, I mean, it was okay. I was glad with the victors, basically. Oscar and Alexa grabbed control early. Alexa had a nice front flip to the outside onto Sky and Kai. Uh, Bliss then landed a double DDT as Asuka came in, or she tagged her in, hit a running neck breaker, and Dakota went in to lock in the Asuka lock, or I'm missing all these people up. Asuka went in to lock in the Asuka lock, but EO split it up. The crowd got really into uh, the face-off between EO and Asuka, which obviously they've been kind of teasing. Yeah, I heard they kept the interaction short between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, to wrap it up, Dakota went for a big boot in the corner. Asuka dodged, but then Sky tagged herself in, and Asuka didn't see it. So then she went for the Asuka lock on Dakota, and then Dakota tapped out, but obviously she wasn't a legal woman, so Sky slid in, went with a roll-up, and they advanced to the uh, finals of the tournament to be... I don't even know who they're going to fight now, because now with Toxic Attraction being out, which I think was announced on this show. Um, they're having a was a second chance four yeah. team Royale or something like that. So I don't know who's going to come out of the SmackDown side. I was hoping they would leave like a spot or um, you know a spot open, and then we get like a, a Sasha and Naomi return. But you know, I mean, I can see Sky and. Guy winning this whole thing. Do you think they're? Do you think Naomi and Sasha are still waiting to come back then? Because you would you would start to think with all these issues they keep having, they would just bring them back. You know what I mean? Maybe they wait to the show after they crown the women's champion, and then they show up and say, "Hey, we never, we never lost our our titles." And you know, you got like a little face off. I can see that. I mean, I think that's what they're going for, if they are truly signed. If they're truly signed, then I think that's what they're going to go for. You know they're signed, man. I mean, I would think. But I'm just saying, you've had, what, three, no, two different changes now? Because the first one was Nikita and Zoe. 
they were out. Then something happened to Toxic Attraction, and now they're out. And now you've got to get another team. Like, you would think you would just have, like, a mystery team. And The NXT teams are snake-bidden. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, what do we even know what officially happened with uh, Nikita? Or was it just the fact that Zoe was out? She just didn't get a new tag partner. So the rumblings was that she was unvaccinated. She couldn't get into Canada. That's where the rumblings were. Yeah, but wouldn't they think about that before they scheduled her? You know what I mean? Because they knew that show was going to be in Canada. Maybe they didn't know that she was unvaccinated. I mean, uh, they live in Florida, man. They run shows in Florida. I mean, I mean, I guess you got a point. Uh, well, anyways, I think obviously the favorites are Kai and Sky to win this one, which I'm completely fine with. They're really the only built-up tag team in the women's division. But we'll move on. Um, Next up, we had Dolph Ziggler in the back, and he was talking about his experience in the ring and how Theory got the best of him last week, but he still felt like he could help him, you know, learn how to be a a pillar, you know, a good person in this company and go about things the right way. And then Finn Balor interrupted. This Mm. wasn't bad. Finn, Finn, this wasn't bad. I hate Finn Balor, but... He delivered these lines pretty well. It wasn't bad. I just, uh, I don't want to see Dolph. I don't want to see Dolph lose to oh, Finn. I was about to say, you don't want to see Dolph? I thought that was your boy. No, no, no. I'm always down for <laughs> Dolph content, just not losing Dolph. Uh, basically, Finn said that he's the same as Edge, trying to stay relevant by, you know, I can help you and this, that, and the other, and people don't need your help and he called him a kid and Dolph kind of cracked me up because he was like dude we're the same age and <laughs> you really don't think about it but they are Dolph's just been around for so long you know Finn was been wrestling since the late 90s I believe Finn has I believe so yeah didn't he like um uh, I think he did debut in like um 99 or 2000 jeez well, Dolph smacked him uh, as he fell down, and then he walked out to begin his entrance and asked if he was going to get up and fight or if he was going to sit down there and uh, stay down like a little explicit. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Dolph killed it. He always does. And then yeah, we segued into the match. I like how they set this up. I like that uh, interview space in front of the... In the gorilla, the gorilla position, yeah, yeah, it it works well, I think, especially for something like this. The um, the interaction, it was um, like they played off each other well. Ziggler, um, Ziggler looked um, he looked good in this segment, man. Yeah, I I was excited for the match because it's not that both these guys can't go. Don't get me wrong, it's just. I just knew what it was going to be, I guess, and I just don't really care for Finn. Was Rhea with him in backstage? Yeah, she was. She ain't do nothing by that slap? Yeah. You know, she can't hurt Dolph. <laughs> hey, she will later. I don't know. She will later. Oh, God. <laughs> um, anyways, we moved on to the match. Uh, it was, like I said, I knew it was going to be good. Solid technical wrestling to start out. You know my boy Dolph going to do it every time. Uh, One of the announcers cracked me up. (laughs) It was just so off the wall. 
But I, I couldn't catch who did it because they all sound the same. He was like, there are a few that are as respected backstage as Dolph Ziggler is. And then Corey was like, he might not be, or he might be respected, but he's not well liked. <laughs> like, hasn't Dolph been the heel the majority of his career? This is what, one of like three face turns? Well, I mean, it's WWE logic, man. You become best friends with everybody when you turn babyface. You know that. I mean, I guess that's true, but uh, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way, I Come guess. On, uh, the crowd wasn't really up for this one, you hosers. How are you not going to be on your feet for Dolph? Well, Dolph has been beating like a drum for 15 years, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just messing. I would have I been cheering for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I would have. <laughs> Uh, he mounted the comeback out of the break with a huge clothesline, got cut short by Finn as he gained control. He went for the coup de gras, but Dolph slid out of the way and landed a zigzag. I thought he had it here, but it was just a close two count. <clears throat> they went back and forth for a while with a little strike exchange. Uh, Dolph landed a headbutt, and then he really telegraphed Rhea interfering, and I think uh, yeah. she wasn't, she wasn't I don't think position. she was in her spot. Yeah. yeah. Dolph could have did. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't Dolph's fault, but it just the way the camera shot it made it really obvious that they were messing up. You could just see his face like leaning into it, like "Hey, hit me!" And I didn't know if that was him or her or both. But yeah, they they probably should have shot it a little bit more behind Rhea. That way, you didn't see like all of Dolph's facial expressions, but. I mean, it is what it is. Obviously, she gets involved uh, hitting. She Dolph. laid it in. You see the slow mo? Yeah. She, she cold cop, my man. <laughs> I'll give it to her. She, she does all of her stuff on the guys, and it looks like it would genuinely like be effective. It doesn't look hokey to me. Uh, after that, Dolph flew into the nineteen sixteen, and then Finn hit him with a coup de gras. One, two, three. The crowd was up for that part. Yeah, by the end of it, just in the middle, they were kind of lulled. Did you notice how they had a new entrance? Mm, I don't think I did. I noticed Priest had new music. Yeah, Balor, they remixed his theme. I don't think I recognize that. I'll have to hear it next week. And he didn't like do the arm waving thing. You know how he usually does on his regular theme? Yeah. Like how he... It, it, uh, kind of lines up with the music he pushes his arms up and the lights like brighten they didn't have that well i mean it was kind of he just didn't do that but the music sounded really similar just like in a darker fashion yeah they gave new theme to balor and priest i guess they have a team theme and then separately they have their own theme which i'm in favor of i like that yeah i mean it gives them individuality it just still still no lyrics Still no lyrics in these songs. Oh, God. Don't get me started on that. It, it bothers me so bad because they all just sound exactly the same. It's not. It just makes them a bigger star when they have lyrics, man. I, I just I can't describe it. It's just, I don't know. Well, their songs are just more recognizable. Look at Gargano. Look at the pop he got. People knew what Rebel Heart was. You know what I mean? So. It's just. We're nitpicking. We're nitpicking. We're nitpicking. Yeah. <laughs> we'll move on. Okay. Aaliyah was in the back getting interviewed as Bailey and 
Sky and Kai, or no, it's Kai and Sky. I always get them mixed up. <laughs> uh, they interrupted saying that she was dumb for being here by herself, but then Trish stepped in saying that she's never alone. Uh, she grabbed the mic and inquired about Bailey's knee. You know, when are you going to be healthy? This, that, and the other, kind of alluding to the fact that Bailey hasn't really made any mention of herself wrestling at all, other than that at Clash at the Castle. This was but our more first about match her back. lackeys. This was her first yeah. match back. Yeah. Um, so then she challenges Aaliyah to a match tonight. And then the more interesting thing to me than this entire promo, you saw Adam Pierce walking through uh, the backstage area with a picture of Dexter Loomis. Did you catch that? <laughs> I didn't see that, no. <laughs> Yeah, he was kind of like, <laughs> kind of like he was scouting or whatever, like looking around or something. But uh, he had a picture of him, and it had some other guys in the background, but they were like X'd out. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. We'll get to that a little later, obviously. Definitely will. Um, let's see. Hold on, it scrolled all the way up. So then we move to the Alpha Academy Open Ooh. Challenge. Oh, my. That's your <laughs> night segment of the night. Yeah. Uh, Gable came out there saying that they're looking for new recruits. But he can't find anyone who isn't missing any teeth and hooked on Tim Hortons. And while the Canadians just got a kick out of that, <laughs> all the American fans have no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> Um, just as you think nobody's accepting Kevin Owens music ripped through the arena and he's got the old duct tape shirt look and he looks pissed off. I, let me ask you this. Cause I didn't notice it until tonight or, you know, until I was watching it. Um, has, did he get new tattoos recently or has he had those sleeves for a while? Uh, he had the sleeves when he came back from injury a couple of years ago. So he's had his sleeves for quite a bit. Okay. Cause I seen during the match the uh, the old bull tattoo that he used to. It was just that, and so then I was like, "Wait a minute, he didn't always have those sleeves." But he looks a lot better with the sleeves rather than that just one random tattoo on his arm. That knockoff rock tattoo he has. <laughs> uh, Owens tore into Gable as he accepted the open challenge. They spilled to the outside, and he was just beating him to a pulp. Anytime Gable tried to pick up some steam, he was quickly chopped down. They got up on the apron, and Owens was trying to go for the power bomb, but Gable backdropped him, then turned around like fast as ever, hit him with a German onto the apron, mm. which, mm-mm, you wouldn't catch me taking that one. <laughs> uh, Owens landed a pretty long sprog, sprog flash. <laughs> like, I can't get it together tonight. Um... <laughs> <laughs> he landed a pretty big frog splash that I thought was going to be the finish, but Gable managed to kick out. And I tell you what really shocked me. Gable went for a flying headbutt and landed it, which uh, maybe I'm wrong, but that's like the first one I've seen on WWE in God knows how long. Brian used to do that back in his uh, Yes Movement days. He used to do the headbutt. Mm. I remember him doing an AW. I just hadn't felt like I've seen it in WWE in a long time. When he came back from his concussion issues in uh, WWE, he didn't do it. But during the Yes era, yeah, he did that hit, but a lot. Well, 
And and two, they were in Canada, so I mean, oh come on, you know. man, come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to pay homage to Chris <laughs> Look, I'm come not on, saying man. Benoit was a great guy, but you know uh, he had some interesting moves. He did some good <laughs> matches. <laughs> yeah. Um, Owens picked up the win though with the pop up power bomb and a hard fought win. After the match, Otis ran in to attack him after the fact, but Owens. Owens threw him into the turnbuckle post and he got, <laughs> he got stuck. I don't know if you saw that, <laughs> but, uh, he turned his attention to Gable, uh, and then he hit him with a stunner and then he, he hit Otis with a stunner. I'm sorry. And then a power bomb to Gable on top of Otis. Bro, Otis is built so weird, man. He can't even put his arms down. <laughs> He's a uh, he got a big old neck. He's five foot eight, but my man is like three hundred and fifty pounds and cannot put his arms down. He's jacked, but kind of kind of fat, man. I, I don't know how Otis's physique is the weirdest in the company, like by far. Well, it's not even per se like. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not going to call him skinny, but he's not even, like, just overly fat. He's kind of like Vader, but he might even be, like, a skinnier Vader. I don't know. It's kind of weird. He's a shorter Vader. He's, like, five foot nine, five foot ten. Yeah. yeah. He's probably just as wide. Yeah. <laughs> he's so wide, I got stuck in the turnbuckle. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice that uh, KO used the pop-up powerbomb as, like, the finish? Kind of, you know, a little throwback to the prize fighter days. He hasn't used that as a finisher in a long time. You know, it might be a little gimmick change that we're getting with KO. I think it definitely is because they've been calling him the prize fighter on commentary. And then, like you said, the pop-up powerbomb. Uh, I didn't... I mean, I know he's been using the stunner, but I didn't know that he had just quit using that altogether. Yeah, he has. He hasn't used the popper powerbomb in years. Um, it was a great match, though. Great match by those two. Gable is so good. Like, he might be one of the best in the company, like the most underrated. Now that Cesaro's gone, he might be the most underrated guy in the company as far as in-ring goes and on the mic. My man got like huge reactions, and not just by the cheap pops of mentioning the Maple Leafs. He he gets a reaction every time he goes out there. He's improving the mic. I know he's five foot eight, whatever, but my man is an Olympic athlete. Like, he's not just some random guy on the street. He looks like and he looks like a, a an actual athlete. I think they can do a lot more with Gable actually. I would like to see him transition into an upper mid-card guy. Man, there, there, there you go. That's who can interrupt Kurt Angle next week. I I thought about it, but I thought maybe <laughs> it might be too corny. I, I like Gable a lot, and this match and the match he had with Dolph a few weeks ago have really impressed me. And he he's kind of a little corny to me, but he pulls it off well. I would like, like to see them split him and Otis up, but at the same time, like, what are you going to do with Otis? I think they're, I think they're fine together at the moment. Um, but you know, he he reminds me of a. And I know this is probably an easy comparison, but he reminds me of a young Kurt Angle. 
with his corniness. Yeah, I mean, they have the same kind of, like, style, too. And, obviously, I know that's just an amateur background. But, I mean, you're not wrong, because Kurt was kind of the same way. Yeah. Doing the hokey kind of stuff. He just pulled it off in such a way that it wasn't as bad. So, I don't know. They got something to talk about next week, though, if Gable does interrupt them, because Gable's tag partner, former tag partner, was Kurt Angle's son. Oh, God. I mean, you, you got something to play off of right there, Micah. I mean, they could do it. I mean, they could. I don't know if that means that they should. Whatever. What is he up to now? He's an agent backstage. My man had a bad, bad neck problem, and he had to retire early. He was getting – he was really good when he retired, too. He was starting to – he was starting to uh, – he was starting to like put it all together as a character and as a gimmick of Kurt Angle's son, and they were just they just started the storyline. Like they had so much mm. meat on the bones left because Kurt was the GM of Raw at the time, and then Jason. I remember that. Yeah, Jason Jordan was um, kind of like the oblivious heel, like kind of what old school Kurt Angle was, and they were. I mean, yeah. they were cooking with gas at the time, and then he just career ended way too short. They were building to like a Seth Jason Jordan WrestleMania match. Jeez, yeah, man. I remember him. I remember liking him in uh, NXT, but then he was just one of them guys that when I came back, I didn't really hear anything out of. So I, I just expected maybe something he lost it or something. They gave him a mega push by making him Kurt Angle's son. They had a storyline on TV, and at first it kind of like uh, the fans were not having it, but. Eventually, people started to come around to it, to the idea, and then him and Rollins were tag champs together. Uh, it was, it was, man, it was going somewhere until it got cut short. Did you notice in the match, like the getting back to the Raw match, you notice they didn't mention Zeke not once? And that's, I mean, that's yeah. that's a travesty. Is it? I was hurt, man. Is it though? I was all Zeke up. Didn't get any Zeke this week. Speaking of travesties, <clears throat> the Judgment Day was in the back. <laughs> oh. uh, still not. I'm not on board. Mm, Priest, I like Priest and I like Rhea. Uh, they were in the back, gloating about their victories over legends like Ray and Dolph. As Finn said, that they, hey, hold on, let me address something real quick. They're listening. They took the gimmick. <laughs> I didn't think you picked up on it. <laughs> Uh, Finn said that he thinks Dom is starting to like getting beat up by Rhea. And I was like, I told you, man. What do you mean by that? <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> uh, Priest said that they have one, le- one legend left to dismember, and he's going to embarrass Edge in front of his own hometown. Uh, yeah, the only thing I really gathered out of that was the Rhea Dom thing. <laughs> I instantly was like, What do you mean by that? Hey, man. I that that could work. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just maybe I'm wrong, but I would like to see it. <laughs> you got a mind for the business. <laughs> what what can I say? Um, and now I'll let you take the floor because next up was Bailey versus Aaliyah and Oh uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I didn't watch this one. This was bad. <laughs> uh, Bailey had new gear. Did you see that? 
I did see that when I was fast forwarding through it. <laughs> that might be the biggest talking point in this match. Uh, it was just a regular girls match. Aaliyah, she got a decent reaction from the hometown crowd. Um, she like she was crying to open it up. Well, I mean, it was her first time wrestling in her hometown. Bro, I didn't even notice, but she's been in the company seven years. How is that possible? I've never heard of her. Exactly. She was at NXT for six of them. Jeez. They put her in developmental for six years, and she still looks like that in the ring. This was a bad match, <laughs> Micah. I mean, it was, for what it for a girls' match, it was a typical girls' match. You wouldn't think Aaliyah was uber talented. Bailey, I mean, she looked like Bailey in there. Um, she lost. Aaliyah did in her hometown. That was expected. But hopefully we never see Aaliyah on Monday Night Raw ever again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she's in the tag tournament, isn't she? Oh, she is with uh, Raquel. Keep her in mm-hmm. the tag team, man. She is not ready for a singles match. How? She's been in developmental six years. How she's not better? I mean, I guess, you know, what some she, things don't always click. What is she doing there? Is she not trained? I don't know. I mean, I haven't. I, I can't vouch for her. I, I ain't going to sit and act like I've watched this, her matches. This, this was bad. <laughs> well, speaking of tag teams, uh, we had The Miz and Champa versus Bobby and AJ next up. Oh, okay. Uh, this one was very fun. Hard-hitting match. Uh, Bobby sent us to commercial pressing the Miz over the top to the outside onto Ciampa. I don't really know where they're going with this feud from here. Uh, now, well, there well, are developments after the match, yeah, obviously, but <laughs> I think I know where it's going. Um, so I, I don't know, but I'm enjoying the matches that are coming out of it. Cause all of them have been great. You know, Ciampa versus Bobby Ciampa versus, uh, The, the three ways that they had for the... Ciampa versus AJ. That's what I was thinking of. Um, I didn't like Ciampa. AJ versus Bobby. I didn't like Ciampa taking his pin. I didn't like that. Well, there there wasn't any pin. He didn't get pinned? Mm, the match ended in DQ. Really? But he got beat up after the fact. Oh, man. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Um... Corey cracked me up here saying he made some kind of comment about Byron being on Reddit talking to fans. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why it just cracked me up. Uh, the Miz and Ciampa, I think, is one of the most unusual tag teams I've ever seen, but it it works. Like Really? The most unusual tag team you've ever seen? No, it's like a Kofi, uh, a Kofi CM Punk situation. Like an unlikely duo that became a likable team just and just two just two random guys put together yeah not necessarily a comedy tag team but two guys on the roster that aren't doing much yeah i can see that uh well it's really not even just I don't know. It's like everything they do. The little taunt they do on the outside when to cut the commercial, you know, the little claps. The tandem moves they do. It all just flows better. Were you watching when Miz got over Damian Sandow? 
Yeah. I mean, that was a that was probably a more unlikely team that actually worked. But I'm just like, where are we going with this? Like, Miz got abducted, man. Where is is Champa involved in this abduction or? Yeah, I don't know. That's why. Well, hold on. Let me wrap it up real quick <laughs> okay, for the right. listeners. Because that probably sounded out of so, like, left field if you had watched this. Um, so it was kind of back and forth for a minute. And they spilled out to the outside because Chopper hit, like, a widow's bell. Uh, Miz broke up the pin. AJ came flying in with a forearm. And they all spilled to the outside. And then from one, from like the right side of the hard cam side, you see a bunch of guys coming over in black suits and you think it's Dexter Loomis. And then they pull, did they pull the mask off or was it yeah. they just stayed masked? No, they pulled, they pulled the mask off. I mean, it looked like some random fan. Yeah. And so then you're like, oh, what the crap? Where's Dexter Loomis? And then on the left side of the hard cam, one single guy walks over there and he, and Miz is kind of draped over the barricade, leaning up against it. And Loomis pulls the motorcycle helmet off, and the crowd freaking erupted. And then he just put him in a sleeper hold and drug him all the way like to the staircase, and then just went out. And dude, the the camera shot was probably my favorite aspect because he locked eyes with the, the crazy camera eyes. the entire time. Yeah, man, he has that look down. Like as a of a serial killer, he has that look, like to a T. It was great. I I really enjoyed that. I'm curious to where they go with the Dexter Loomis stuff. You know, I would not hate Champa and him having some kind of involvement. You know, they had a follow up to this on NXT. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see it? I did see that. <laughs> I'll let you elaborate because I don't know enough about it to really give a. Okay. Full description. So Indy Hartwell, after her match, was having like a breakdown on the microphone. And then out of nowhere, a man appears on the other side of the ring. She's on one side of the ring, and this man appears on the other side of the ring. He has the same helmet on as he had on Raw. And he unmasked, and then the crowd goes bananas. Dexter Loomis is back in NXT. And, of course, Indy and Dexter are kayfabe married, so they had a stare down. They embraced. They kissed. And then he, um, they both frolicked to the back. And then they played a backstage segment later on in the night where Dexter is, like, getting – I don't know. They don't, like, shoot, like, cops coming in and, like, arresting him. They just show, um, like, sirens uh, blinking in the background outside the building. And he goes out there hugs Indy, and then fade to black. So I don't know. I saw he left her a note too, didn't he? He left her a note at the pay-per-view or the the heat wave special they had. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm putting too much together. Yeah, I I don't know. It's (laughs) certainly interesting. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Where are they going with this? Uh, I'll give it to them. They pulled it off and... Before any of this started, I would have been like a stalker gimmick on the main roster. Eh, how's this going to work without it being kind of corny? But well, you know, I don't know. Sam Shaw made it work back in TNA. That's true. Now, are him and Indy real life together? Obviously not married, but. Nah, 
Or is that just a kayfabe it's a kayfabe. Thing? They had a faction with Gargano. They were... Um, yeah, it was them two. Theory. And speaking of Gargano, he's coming up. Well, hold on, um, hold on, hold on. Can we just acknowledge that all them Canucks in the crowd were, were laughing and smiling while Miz was getting kidnapped? Ain't nobody could help my man Miz. Are you getting hot about it? I'm just, I'm just saying, man. Those Canadians... I would help Miz. Oh, I see. You got a Canada problem. That's what it is. Well, I mean, you know, Sean's right. Sean was right about Canada. <laughs> oh, man. You're going to have the Ontario crowd that we have uh, very upset. Hey, man. They're upset. They can. <clears throat> they got. I got two words for them. <laughs> and about 800 <laughs> miles of distance. <laughs> uh, speaking of, we'll move. Uh, to Johnny Gargano, Ooh. who made a complete, like, just out of the blue return to WWE. Uh, first main roster, I guess, like, debut. No tease. Uh-huh. No um, dirt sheets getting leaked hours beforehand. This was a surprise. No Sean Ross sap? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, and the crowd was like, they were up for it. I don't want to take away from it. That's not what I mean. But they were like almost just shocked. They they almost like couldn't believe it. And it was kind of wild to watch because it was, like I said, everything today is so publicized. It's so hard to get a real, you know, special return. But this one was. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like that he was still under contract. He, he let his contract run out um, less than a year ago. So, I mean, if he was on the contract, you know, maybe it's not as big of a surprise, but this was this was a big surprise, man. And I didn't know yeah. Gargano was going to get the kind of reaction he got. I underestimated the 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 audience for NXT, I guess. Well, I'll say this too about uh you hosers out there. They're very big wrestling fans. So them being big NXT fans does not shock me at all, especially when he was talking in the paper or in the interview about uh I believe he said it was the was it the North American title he won yeah. in yeah. uh Toronto. He's the uh he won tag titles in Toronto. Tag titles. They beat FTR. So Mm, okay. Is that the one that you said you like better than the Briscoes? Yes, sir. Two out three falls. Better match. Makes sense. I digress. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're biased or anything. Oh, no, sir. But uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, he said it's been a long nine months, and he starts running down you know, who he is and all his accomplishments, which I really enjoyed because, personally, as a Laps fan, I've never seen a Johnny Gargano match. I've never – I don't really know anything about him. His strong suit is now on the mic. I'll say that. Well, I know that. <laughs> now, I will say this. The Twitter reaction was... Uh, the WWE fans were excited. The AEW fans were like... I, I don't know if it was jealousy that he wasn't there. But, dude, they were just like, ah, he ain't all that. Uh, he... <laughs> He, uh, what did they say? Just like him kicking out all the time. I'm so glad I don't have to watch Johnny Gargano kick out 20 times a match. And I was like, man, y'all are the one wanting him to come over man, they never <laughs> like three Adam, months ago. Have they never watched the Adam Cole match? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know anything about the guy. Uh, from what I can tell, 
AEW probably didn't need them. No. And, and that's no disrespect to Johnny. They just have a bunch of other good wrestlers, and that's kind of their thing. He would stand out more in the WWE than he would in AEW. Yeah. And it's all just another piece in Triple H's puzzle of building his main roster NXT, he's, which is perfectly fine. He's putting his guys into place. You can you can see that. Even with the, the, the news of Jeff Jarrett stepping down as VP of – uh, live events, and then immediately Road Dog gets named into that position. Triple H is putting his guys yeah. back, and I've been hearing that he's not done building his team. So I wouldn't be surprised if William Regal made a comeback. I really wouldn't at this point. I don't see Regal even. He's already got a contract signed. But do we know how long this contract is for? How do we know it's not on like an appearance basis? We don't know. It could be. I doubt it. it as be, many times as he shows up, I don't think it's an appearance basis. We don't, man. How many? There's guys that are on appearance basis and they show up a lot too. I just okay. William Regal is different, though. I feel like, and you know, we were there in Revolution. Yeah. Um. And that was when he showed up for the first time. I imagine he probably signed a two to three year deal. But, Micah, if this, I would assume it was a two- to three-year deal if he was in the office. Why would you sign a three-year deal for a William Regal on-air talent? Why? He's just throwing money down the drain. If he has nothing to I do mean, with backstage, why would you pay William Regal to be a, what, a manager? Maybe Regal's sick of the backstage. I just I, I can see Regal going back. Well, only time will tell. It obviously would not be the craziest thing we've heard, especially this week. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, Gargano was talking about, uh, you know, it's been a long nine months, and he questioned coming back at all, whether he still had the drive to do this anymore, but he said that he wouldn't be a great father to his new son if he quit trying to accomplish his dreams now. And he says he wants all the gold, the U.S. title, the Intercontinental, the WWE Championship, and all the WrestleMania matches. And he goes into how he bet on himself and then a town down. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, you know, our boy Theory, he wasn't letting this slide. <laughs> he came out <laughs> talking about a lot has changed in nine months. And, you know, Austin Theory is not the same guy that he was last time that Gargano was around. He says that. All of Johnny's dreams have become Theory's reality. Uh, he says that he couldn't have done it all without Johnny, though. But he's like, oh, you know, man, you can follow the way. You can you can carry my briefcase and all this. So I, I thought that was a nice little, tease or whatever. call back. The, the, the crowd started chanting, who's your daddy? Which was kind of funny because Johnny was technically, you know, Theory's dad in NXT. <laughs> Oh, well, I didn't know all that. I just thought they were playing off of what Roman said a few weeks ago. No, 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 man. Gargano and Indy. No, Gargano and Indy. Gargano was and uh, Candice were like the parents of Theory and Indy. It was it was weird, man, how the way it was set up. Um, they had like a lot of weird backstage segments that would hint at, you know, that they're like father and mother figures to um, Theory and Indy. But, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny that the crowd chanted that. You'll have to explain this next part to me because, you know, I didn't watch NXT. 
Now, what were they going for at the end? Was it some kind of like high five thing or yeah, something? Yeah, it's something they did in the way. Some, some kind of weird high five thing that they did in a lot of backstage segments. Um, but, you know, Gargano slapped his leg and hit Theory close to the chin. So it was, a, it was an okay segment. Yeah. I mean, Gargano rolled out, like you said, super kicked him. He jabroned uh, Theory. Welcome back. Theory always getting jabroned. At this point, I expect it. Is he going to win the title when he cashes in? God, like, what do, what do you so. think at this point? I hope so. <laughs> like, you can't. This guy is everything you need in a main event talent. And you invested all this time into him. It would, it would be terrible business to just abort it now, you know? Yeah. Especially because Vince was on air praising this guy you don't give away that rub you gotta go all the way and he had a match with stone cold had a, well he had an altercation with stone cold you know, had a match with him. um well he had vince's last match who theory yeah wasn't it like him and theory no or him and vince versus uh mcafee and no 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 theory and mcafee with the match and then after mcafee beat theory Vince said, oh, I, can, I, I can beat him, and then the bell rung. And then I guess he hit McAfee in the nuts or something, and he pinned McAfee, but it wasn't a tag match. Uh, see, Vince always burying new talent. Uh, Got to put himself over. Let's throw a cocaine. Well, anyways, I agree, though. I think they need to, you know, keep the momentum going with Theory, and maybe he's lost a little bit of it. I mean, he's got heat. Yeah. And do you think there's a chance that they take the briefcase off of him and give it to Gargano? No, no, sir. Not Gargano. He just got back. I can see them having a program together. I don't see the money in the bank getting involved. I would hope not, but I don't know, man. Triple H does love him some Gargano. In all honesty, I feel like Theory... Theory looks better to me. Money in the Bank briefcase kind of works better on a heel. Just not when, I don't know, maybe not when you have like a heel champion like Roman, but I think that's going to change here pretty soon. Oh, yeah. But, well, we'll move on. It's the main event time. And for the main event of Monday Night Raw, we had Edge versus Damian Priest in Edge's hometown. Um, this is a solid match. Edge took control early with some mind games. They went back and forth for a long time. Very hard hitting. You could tell this was a grudge match, the way they were fighting. <clears throat> um, Priest gained momentum, slamming Edge into the turnbuckle as they battled outside for a while until Edge went up to the top and dove out onto Priest, which I thought was kind of wild seeing Edge doing at, like, what, 48? Is how old he is now? Yeah, about 47, 48. He pulled out a lot of stuff that was um, kind of eye-opening in this match. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll get to one of them. That power bomb on the timekeeper's area was pretty nasty, too. You talking about the Razor's Edge? No, nah, no. Nah, Edge picked up Priest for a power bomb and power bombed him right onto the timekeeper's area. Oh, I don't Maybe, I don't know, I was watching it while I was driving home. Maybe I didn't see that. Yeah, it was great. He folded them too, Breeze. He went. 
He went straight on the concrete. As they regained their composure, Priest took it to edge, hitting the razor's edge onto him through the announce table to send us to the break. So we go to commercial, come back, and then they're on the top rope. Edge landed a hurricane run off the top, which I was like, again, holy crap, he's 48. But like you said, he was busting out all the tricks here for his hometown. Uh, he was dialing up the spear, but Priest reversed it into a kill switch, which I didn't know if you heard it, but they didn't know what to call it on, <laughs> on the day. Uh, Priest took control after this, but he wanted to add insult to injury and went for the spear. Edge reversed it into the South of Heaven that Priest uses, which is like a sit-out choke slam type deal. That looked good. Yeah, it did. It, it uh, I've never really, I don't know, this might have been the first Priest match, one-on-one Priest match I've seen in a while, maybe at all. <laughs> yeah, because you started back watching uh the product pretty recently, right? <laughs> I was like, like when we started the podcast, I might've watched two weeks before that, but that was about it. I mean, I've kept up with it. I just didn't Priest watch is it. Good man. Priest is good. He's always been good when he was um, in ROH. He was good. I like him here. Uh, I think he's better alone rather than a tag team. To me, he just stands out more. Uh, they started to go back and forth before priest flung edge into the a ref, knocking him outside. So then Priest grabbed a chair and tries to go for the concerto, but Edge moved out of the way, and he broke the bar off the bottom of the chair and started choking Priest out like they did him before. Edge gets going, starts dialing up the spear, but Priest picks up that pipe from the chair and clocks him with it as the ref came back in for a close two count. I honestly thought Priest might go over right there. I wanted Priest to go over so bad right there. I mean, it would have made sense, and if they were going to continue the feud, I wouldn't have hated it, but the way they ended it, I get it. Um, Priest goes for another Razor's Edge, but he slides out of it and landed a Canadian Destroyer. 48-year-old Edge. I don't think I've ever seen him do a Canadian Destroyer. No. Much less <laughs> at this age. And he's a tall boy. Yeah. He's, what, 6'5", six, 6'6"? Six, six? And Priest is bigger than him, so to do it to him, too. A little scary, but I'm glad it worked out for him. Uh, after this, he dialed up the spear, one, two, three, and Edge picked up the win in his hometown. A Canadian destroyer on Monday Night Raw. The new era. Is that has that ever happened? <laughs> it reminds me. Of, I was going to say it reminds me of when Punk and Cena used that pile driver in 2013. Oh, that was great. And everybody was like, "Oh my god, that was great." I love that match. But, yeah, that's probably the last pile driver that was on, like, an actual weekly television for WWE. I can't think of another one. I like they keep it so special like that. Yeah, and it makes it more impactful, too, especially, I mean, not to dog AEW so bad, but they use, like, pile drivers and crap and – it just take. I know the DDT used to be a finish, and I know the super kick did too. But the pile drivers, man, that's a like, that's an effective move. That actually looks like it would hurt somebody. Bro, and, I've literally seen the Lucha Brothers hit a Canadian Destroyer from the top rope and somebody kick out. Like, I've literally seen it. that on. I've seen that on AEW television. Like how, bro? You should be dead. But here I mean, they they kind of protected it a little bit and. And, you know, you can hit a Canadian destroyer. I mean, we were, we were in Canada. Edge is Canadian, so. 
It made sense. It fit the bill. Yeah, uh, I really wanted Priest to go over, though. I, I'm ready for the Judgment Day to be over. And Come I like it. Give it a so. shot. Give it a shot. You don't want to see Dom join this thing and maybe we get, you know, Rhea dominating Dom. Maybe get him in a mask. And a dog collar, too. And a <laughs> yeah. Him. <laughs> Let him hit up carrying cross. Come on, man. He <laughs> could be Rhea's valet. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. I just, I don't think Dom's got the charisma for it, but we'll see. Uh, after the match, Edge went to the outside to grab two chairs to uh, fully put an end to this feud with Priest. But then Rhea comes from behind with a low blow. Finn came out of nowhere, slides in, climbs to the top, lands a coup de gras. And as Finn goes to grab the chair from the outside that Edge had kind of like threw when he got low blowed or whatever, Beth Phoenix comes and snatches it away as she hopped in the ring ready to go with the chair. As the Judgment Day backs down and Raw closes. So, hey, man, we predicted it. I just want to say that first off. We did. And I predicted that um, Loomis was going at the Miz, too. Yeah. And we said it was either AJ or Miz, and that was the two <laughs> guys that they attacked. <laughs> man, they're listening. They are listening. Uh, can you see that – is this going to lead to a six-man with Beth and Ray and Edge? I wouldn't hate it. I thought it may be going to a uh, mixed tag match, but I don't know. No disrespect to Beth, but I kind of don't want that to be like Edge's thing because he's had like, what, two or three of those now? Uh, I think he just had one, right? He had a mixed tag match with Miz, Maurice, and it was Edge and Beth. I don't think they had one. Oh, right? never mind then. Oh, Maybe I'm wrong. Too. Maybe I maybe I misremember him, but I can see them having a six man, and then Dom turns on Ray. I just really want Dom to turn on Ray, man. Can we can we have that? Can we at least have that? Would you complain about no personality from Finn, and you want to put Dom in the Judgment Day? Well, Dom is still young though. Dom can learn. Finn's been around since two thousand. If he ain't learned yet, he ain't getting it. <laughs> I mean, you got a point. You drive a hard bargain. Well, come on, man. They, they're listening to all, everything else. They can't listen to this. <laughs> well, overall, I thought it was a good match. Um, good show, too. Good show. Yeah, very good show. There wasn't much for me to dog. Uh, I will say that would have been my match of the night for Raw, but Owens and Gable, man, it was just it was was chaotic, and it was great. That was that was real good. Uh, this was this had crowd heat, and I don't know. Maybe this match wasn't the better wrestling match. It just had better fan interaction, you know. And it had like more of that chaotic feel. It had more of an old school attitude era feel with the ref bump. So I mean, this was probably my match of the night. Edge and Priest. Well, we'll move on to Dynamite. This was the August 24th edition of AEW Dynamite, and it was a very loaded show that I was excited for. What? And boy, they crapped all over my Cheerios for this one. I was excited for the show to start off with. 
Where we got you? Punk and yeah, we got Punk and Mox. <laughs> got Dax and Jay Lethal. I thought was gonna be good. Um, I mean, I knew what the Death Triangle Aussie Open match was gonna be, but I thought it was gonna be yeah. interesting. No man, this this show this show on bro this show on paper. Come on man, yeah. What Kylie King versus Doctor Britt Baker, <laughs> Billy Gunn versus Colton Gunn. You thought it was gonna be a good show. I thought it was going to be rectified by the rest of the 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 good segments. The but booking, then what I thought would be the good segments were the worst segments of the night. Yes, absolutely. The booking was atrocious, and it drove the whole show down. This was my worst show of the week, least favorite show I watched of the week, and I watched NXT this week, mm. and it was my least favorite show. Man, that match with with Wendy Chu versus uh, uh, Tiffany Stratton was that was a better match than the Punk Moxley match. Is it a barn burner? At least it had a. At least it had, no, it wasn't. But at least it had a better <laughs> outcome, man. You had a finish where they scoop slam somebody on the Legos, which we have to write that down. That was a scoop slam. Something did happen in that. But yeah, man, Moxley and Punk, I can't believe they did it. They put over Moxley, man. They well, did let's, it. Let's work our way there. Okay. All right, I'm ready. I'm I'm fired up already. I'm ready. <laughs> we'll fly through the rest of this cuz that's the uh oh god, that's, that's the talking the point. Yeah, that's the meat and potatoes <laughs> of this this program right here. Jericho opened up the show uh, saying that there was an issue that needed to be ironed out with Garcia, and he introduces him out as a future AEW world champion. What? I don't know about... You didn't hear that? <laughs> what? I don't know about that one, but uh, okay. <laughs> uh, the crowd was behind Garcia here. Uh, before he even said anything, they were electric for him. Jericho oh quieted him down. Saying, you know, he understands that there was a lot going on last week. He had fought Brian Danielson to a draw, or almost to a draw, but Danielson picked up the win at the end, and it was his idol. So he understands it was a big time moment, but Garcia needs to apologize for his actions regardless. He's all he wants is an apology, and it's all water under the bridge. Garcia lights into him, saying, you know, you ruined my moment against one of my heroes, one of the guys Jesus. that I dreamed of wrestling as a kid. Jesus Christ. He was and almost then, in tears, man. He said, and I quote, that people are saying that it is the best match in Dynamite history. I almost turned off the show. I Who is saying that? <laughs> Nobody said that. Nobody. Like, what? Who? <laughs> and I, I hate how they. I don't like when they mention, oh, it was such a great match. Like, that's not the. Wrestling is supposed to be. It's supposed to be an athletic contest. Like, if you had a great match, doesn't that mean you did a bad job? Like, yeah, I you're guess. Supposed to, you're supposed to want a win. What? Oh, God. Michael, man. Save me, man. <laughs> the crowd chanted, you're a wrestler. What does that mean? You're a wrestler? Well, of course. He's in a wrestling ring. What do they want him to be? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, sports entertainment. We don't like that type thing. Oh, yeah. Basement dwellers. I mean, oh, God. 
Um, he said that it was a dream of his to be respected by Danielson like that, and Jericho just had to stick his nose in it, as he always does. He tells him he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, or, I'm sorry, greatest sports entertainers of all time. <laughs> he asked him to, he asked, Jericho asked Daniel, sorry, there's a lot of Daniels and sports entertainment and wrestling in these notes. Yeah, a lot of Daniels on this program. Jericho asked Garcia to admit that he's a sports entertainer, not a wrestler, and then Danielson interrupts. So then he comes out here saying, you know, I don't care what you call it. You know, he pulls one out of Drew's book. We're wrestlers in a wrestling ring. We're all wrestlers. To which Jericho yells at Garcia, no, you're a sports entertainer. It felt like a horrible divorce on like Jerry Springer or something. Um, <laughs> Jericho then just starts lighting into him still about, no, 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 you're a sports entertainer, you're a sports entertainer. And Garcia just like, flips out basically telling him to stop screaming at him he shoves him down and jericho just kind of sits there with like a you know oh, how dare yeah turds hanging out of his mouth <laughs> uh garcia walked out with a look on his face like he had just shot old yeller out back <laughs> and danielson and jericho started jawing back and forth as garcia exit stage left Jericho said that, you know, he hears all the talk all the time. Danielson's the greatest wrestler of all time, and he's got all these great matches, and yada, yada, yada. He said, but he hasn't seen any of it in any time that he's ever worked with him. And he says that, you know, why don't you prove it then? So Danielson says, well, if I were to ask Stu, since you want to claim that you're the last survivor of the Heart Dungeon, if I were to ask Stu what he thought of you, what would he say? If I asked Owen what he thought, who would he say was better between me or you? Or, you know, Danielson or Jericho? And so Wait then Jericho... Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pause, pause, pause. Yeah? I was thinking about this. How was Jericho the last member of the Heart Dungeon when Natalia was literally trained in the Heart Dungeon? Mm, and Davey Boy know. Smith, Davey Boy Smith Jr. was trained in the Heart Dungeon. Right? Tyson Kidd, too? Was it maybe when Stu was alive? I think Stu died in, what, 2010, maybe? I don't know. I can look it up real quick. Maybe. I I don't know. I don't know how they make that make sense. That sounds like Cap to me. Stu passed away in May of 2003. Okay. Maybe it's... Or, no, I'm sorry. October 2003. Maybe, uh... Maybe he is... I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me if Natty was trained in the dungeon. He should say I'm the last person to get trained by Stu Hart then. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the list of the wrestlers trained on here. Now, it doesn't have a timetable per se... But it says Natalia Neidhart is on here. And um, Victor from the Ascension. He was trained there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I see yeah. Tyson Kidd on here too. So I don't, yeah, I don't know about that one, Chief. Makes no sense. Yeah, Victor from the Ascension, man. There's, there ain't no way he debuted before Jericho. 
Well, the, I know Natalia and Tyson Kidd didn't. Tyson debuted in. Oh my God, what? He didn't yeah. debut before uh, Jericho, but Tyson debuted in 1995. Jesus, what was he like? 16. I don't. Yeah, he had to have been. He was 15. Yeah. He was born in 1980. Jeez. Jeez. Dang, he's pretty young, though. Okay, this says that Tyson Kidd was the final graduate of the Heart Dungeon. So, well, then, what the... Uh, huh? <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know, man. Like, what does that mean from Jericho's point of view, then? Maybe he meant that he's the last person trained by Stu Hart. I, I don't know. All in all, Jericho challenged him to a match it all out, but he says, you know, watch your back on the way there. Hager jumps in the ring, attacks Danielson. I mean, this was okay. I, Jericho's more interesting to me now than he has been since the whole Kingston thing is done. Bro, I thought I was watching 2011 SmackDown for a sec. Yeah, Jack Swagger, I'm in. Tag, <laughs> Daniel Bryan, <laughs> Jericho is there too. I mean, I I was okay with this segment. <laughs> it wasn't bad. <laughs> I didn't like Garcia in this segment, but I mean, I don't yeah, like but you're Garcia, an avid. Period. Yeah, I'm about to say. <laughs> I hate that guy, man. Praying on his downfall. It's just, he doesn't, they could have gave this spot to any of, of the younger guys, like any other guy, please. But they chose to give it to Daniel Garcia. Does he have naked pictures of Tony Khan on his phone, man? That's the <laughs> only way I can, why would you give this spot to him? He is not the guy you should be building your company around. Why couldn't you give this spot to a Ricky Starks? Good point. Or Hobbs. Take Hobbs, Hobbs. No, but you gotta have Daniel Garcia on the opening segment, the, the 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 biggest spot on the show. You got Daniel Garcia giving a rub from all these these Hall of Fame level talents and Jake Hager. I didn't have to bury him like that. You know, come on, man, Jake. Hager. <laughs> he wasn't even over when he was world champion. The only time he was over was when he had We the People. Theme song was gassed. It was he. <laughs> but they took that uh, away from him too. Yeah. Well, we'll move on. Um, speaking of gas theme songs, we had Dax Harwood versus Jay Lethal next. I think you sent me a text that kind of resonated with me, and it bothered me, but I think it's just the truth. I think we've just got to accept that Jay Lethal is just going to be a mid-carder in this company. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is now, man. And he's a main event caliber talent, but uh, I guess he just ain't got the pictures Garcia has. Oh, man. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, it was good to see FTR actually on the show for once wrestling and not in a 30-second pre-tape. Good technical back and match, forth though. wrestling. Not yeah. a tag match. They were in the singles match. And Jay Lethal, a former Ring of Honor world champion, he held that title for two years, can't be a tag team guy. Now, it'd be different if they were tagging together. You know, Dax and, and Cash can theoretically hang with Lethal then. But if Lethal's going one-on-one with a, a notable tag wrestler, come on, man. Lethal has to... He's got to beat this guy, like, in quicker fashion. He had a back-and-forth match with – and he barely won. With, he won with a roll-up, Micah. 
I mean, he still won, though. He won, but he's the ROA champion. He was the ROA champion for two years. He barely beat Dax. Dax hasn't won a single match on TV. He beat Cash. <laughs> just man, they just don't see lethal like that, and it makes me it makes me sad. He's just I mean, he's a lower I, mid card guy. I see your point. It makes me ill, but it just is what it is. I thought it was a good match, though. Uh, they landed some. Yeah. The chops were horrible. Like, oh my god, not horrible in a bad way. Just like, uh, made my butthole pucker. <laughs> it was, <laughs> oh my god, dude, and even like. The fans, I think. It was starting to get, like, sickening. Um, Dax took control with a big big back body drop. Uh, very hard hitting, like I said. Technically sound. Both of these guys are two of, like, the best wrestlers in the world, in my opinion. In terms of in-ring. Um, Dax reversed a lethal injection into a nasty sit-out powerbomb. Real close two count. Uh, Sanjay came out to distract Dax as he had the sharpshooter locked in. And then Jay pushed him off, and he ran into Sanjay. So then Jay took control, but Dax cut it short with a second rope crossbody. Dax had Jay in a roll-up, and as he started to pull his tights down to reverse it, Jay just held the tights continuously until he got the win with the roll-up. After the match, Sanjay grabbed the mic and said that it will be a trios match at All Out, but he never said who Jay's teammates were going to be. And it's not going to be Sanjay and Satnam, but it will be two trusted tag team partners, longtime friends of Jay Lethal that I never knew until today. Uh, the Motor City <laughs> Machine Guns. They haven't been on AEW television. Nope. At all, right? Nope. But why would Lethal? Why wouldn't Lethal ride with his giant? He has a seven-three guy with him. Why wouldn't he want to use him in a tag match? Like Michael, if we're going, if we're about to get into a fight, man, and we have a seven foot three best friend, wouldn't you want that best friend with you? Not your guys that you were friends with in middle school that you were probably cool with. You wouldn't you want the the giant to help you out? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I see your point. Why, why, why would Lethal pick his long term best friends over the seven foot three guy he has under contract? What is he there to do? What is he doing? I mean, he's wrestled two or three times, I think, on Rampage. You know why. I, I don't know. I mean, I see your point. <laughs> it, I'm sure it's just so they can have a match with FTR and, you know, it'll be a good match. And I'm not saying it won't be a good match at all out. But, like, Wardlow and FTR. Yeah. And Wardlow and FTR are just losing steam every day every waking minute Wardlow wasn't he on the show was he no TNT champ and he's on the show <laughs> less now I just don't well, get it be... Darby ain't been on the show either no nah, he was every, just he on he just had a big what he was on with the coffin match that was like last week yeah that was two weeks ago wasn't it no well, maybe it was Bernie, man, he had all that momentum coming out of that match and nothing. That's it. No Black. No Malachi. Malachi Black wasn't there. 
Miro didn't cut a promo on God. What was this show, man? Why do these guys always go missing? I don't know. I it think just, it feels so disjointed at times. Like you'll see something, you'll see something you like, and then you won't see him again for four weeks. Like remember Ethan Page cut that good promo that we liked. Yeah. Where's he been? <laughs> no follow up. <laughs> Nothing. I don't know. I just some guys. I really just think should be on TV more than other guys. Don't get me wrong. The gun club's cool. Do I need to see them fight Billy Gunn the week after the development happened? Like, can, where has Miro been? When's the last time know, Miro man. was in a match? That's a great question. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, hmm. That is a great question. I don't know. I don't remember either. And he's like a top. I mean. Is he though? Is he now? Well, maybe not now. He lost a lot of momentum. He lost a lot of steam. In fall of 21, he was killing it. He was one of my favorite guys to see on TV. He he could be a main eventer. A main event guy. A main event heel. Malachi too. Yeah. And what do they do? They have like five main event guys because they don't build anybody else up. Micah, they just had um, what what was it? Uh, Andrade, what what's his name? In Andrade El Idolo, he turned on his tag partner last week, and then there was no follow up the next week. Why did he do that? We don't know. We won't know. If if we do find out, we won't see it on TV. No, we'll find what out probably doing? in September. What are we doing? We got a pay per view a week and a half away. What matches have been announced? Um, Jade and Athena. Now this trios match. Jade and Athena. Do they have any? Was there any build this week? Uh, I think on Rampage. <laughs> Go figure. <sighs> the jokes man just write himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess Swerve and Our Glory versus. That literally popped up. That last dynamite it popped up. So. A week and a half of build. Yeah, no, it's on this dynamite. Okay, so it happened on this dynamite. So it'll have two weeks of build. No, no, a week and a half. You're right, because it's got next dynamite and then that Saturday or that Sunday. What are they fighting for? They're both baby faces. It's not like the claimed are number one contenders. FTR supposedly number one contenders, right? (laughs) They are. It don't seem like it. Yeah, and then they've got the women's tag match, the trios tournament final. We don't know what's happening with the world title. Uh, I I don't know. That's the thing, like, even double or nothing, what storylines were going into the show for the belts? Punk and Paige, which had two weeks, three weeks of build, maybe, um... The tag titles were in a three-way between Jurassic Express, Swerving Our Glory, and Team Taz. No bill. And they legit did they legit did three-way tag matches for the titles at three straight pay-per-views. Yeah. Um. Then what else was there? Uh, Scorpio Sky and Sammy were in a three-way match, or not three-way, yeah, a have. six-man tag. Yeah, they they haven't defended the 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 uh, TV title hasn't been defended the 
TNT title hasn't been defended on pay-per-view since all out last year. It wasn't on full gear 2021. Who was champ then Darby? No, Sammy. Or was it Miro? No, but, Miro was out all, by that point. All out was, um, what September? Yeah. Last year. When did full gear happen? November? November. No, it wasn't on. No, it wasn't on that show. Jeez. Anyways, well, I mean, we're spending too much time <laughs> on this, but they just, and no storylines are built up for the titles. Uh, really, no storylines are built up for the pay per view until like oh. two weeks before. I mean, come on Bro, now. Tony, Tony Khan is creatively bankrupt. Like, how can people still defend this show? This is bad, Micah. This is these are no storylines. They don't care about the titles half the time. You got people that you like show up one week and then go on for three more. Wh- what are we doing? What are we doing here? I mean, uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to say that it's been just atrocious. Now, the summer has not been great, but there have been a few weeks so. here on the podcast that I've given Dynamite Show of the Week, but it's not most of the time. Oh, it's been trash. And it definitely wasn't this week. But If we were not reviewing this show, I would not be watching this show weekly. I would just be watching clips on Reddit. I would. I would not be watching this. No, I would not be watching this, man. There's no reason. There's no reason to watch it. There's no storylines. What's happening? Nothing. I mean, there are storylines right now, but before now, or if it is storylines, it's so like hot and cold. Like, like you said, you know, you'll see somebody one week and then the next week they're gone. So. Yeah, why keep up with the storyline? You know, it's just going to not be mentioned for three more weeks, and then they just pop up again out of nowhere like nothing happened. Yeah. Like, how long were they built? Okay, we'll get to that. Never mind. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> we'll get to that. All right. Uh, we had Thunder Rose in the back after this, and she was pretty much crying right. as soon yes. as the camera rolled. <laughs> uh, she states that she was unable to compete at all out due to injury or she is unable not was i'm sorry and reveals that there will be a four-way match for the interim world championship at all out there i'm sorry the women's world championship at all out and tells tony storm that she better fulfill her dreams because thunder will be waiting for her when she returns so this was completely out of left field had not heard anything and apparently the story going around is i don't per se buy it uh, apparently, when Rosa broke Hater's nose a few weeks ago, <laughs> Hater was pissed, rightfully so. I mean, I don't know that I would be buddy buddy with somebody that broke my nose, intentional or unintentional. And apparently, Thunder Rosa hid in the bathroom from Jamie Hater. <laughs> and I just do not believe that. Thunder Rosa was like an MMA fighter. I don't care if she only had one fight, but still. She lost. She lost that fight, too. <laughs> but the, I thought they were trying to jump her. That's why she was hiding in the bathroom. <laughs> like we're in middle school or something, man. <laughs> what is this? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares that she had to... She didn't have to give up the title, really. She just announced that it was going to be an interim champion. Why was she crying? I didn't even think about that until you asked why is she crying. Well, I mean, Punk yes. cried, too. Did he? I don't remember him crying like that. Not like that. Man, 
it like her man, like her her parents just died. Like she was just she was literally crying, man. She didn't have to give up the belt. And she silenced she her still Twitter has too. It. I wonder why. I don't know. Great brick gonna pull up on her. And two, it's different for punk. Because well, I feel like it's a different situation for Punk to be really teary out about it because Punk had just won the belt and then got hurt, and she's been champ since March. And from what I heard too, she was gonna lose it all out to Tony anyways. She has had no meaningful feuds no. since she's become champion though. But it did her wrong, man. I dropped the ball. Britt was Britt was on every single show cutting a promo. When she was champ. But when Thunder Rosa got that title, man, you hardly ever saw Thunder unless it was on Rampage or something. Well, and she, I mean, she had good, like a good match at Double or Nothing. Like arguably one of the matches of the night. Her and Deeb was great. But... She apparently has been working injured. That's the rumor. The other rumor going around, she's been working injured. Yeah, I heard she had like some disc, like maybe like a herniated disc or something. I don't know, man. I mean, we'll see. But she mentioned on a interview that she couldn't feel her legs. Mm. Like Jesus Christ, man! She was wrestling like that. What's y'all medical staff doing? <laughs> yeah, Z Pack man on the medical staff. Oh man. <laughs> <sighs> well, next up we have a. Uh, a battle, a feud, as old as time. Father versus son. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Billy Gunn versus Colton Gunn was next up. Uh, the acclaim was in Billy's corner. Obviously, the guns and Stokely, or the other gun, was in Colton's corner. Max got to rap again. You put your boys hit road to shame. Let me just throw that out there. Um, he had one line that landed so flat. Like he said something about the talent meeting backstage and nobody reacted to it. Well, I took that. You know how I took that? That the IWC is such a small. Oh, man. This is their audience. But I'm saying, like, it's such a small group of people that that completely fell flat. You think so? I think so. Maybe some of it was. Well, I think a lot of those AEW fans are, you know, on the dirt sheets. I mean, probably a good portion of them, but I mean, I don't know, man. I know it's hard to check your phone if you're going to a show because there's a lot going on that day. Me and you have been, you know what I mean? Uh, so maybe they just didn't see it because I think the news broke like that day that they were going to have the talent meeting. But I, I, And maybe maybe it's just it wasn't mic'd up well. Because you know how sometimes, and I'm not, you know, I mean, I know some of the, this can happen if you go to a live show. Sometimes the acoustics be off. Like, you remember Ric Flair cut a promo when we were at his last match? Could you understand anything he said after the match? No. I could not hear a single word. So maybe that was the thing, too. I don't know. Well, overall, I mean, it was an all right match. Billy took control early, started to beat down Colton, but kind of had second thoughts as, like, uh, Austin was yelling at him, like, Dad, no, stop, you know, whatever. Uh, he kind of <laughs> looked real puzzled, like, oh, my God, I don't, I don't know what to do. Uh, and then 
Stokely jumps the barricade and hits Max from behind with a boombox as Austin took out Bowens. And then as Billy was looking on the outside at all the chaos, and Aubrey was too, Colton hits him with a low blow, picked up the win with a roll-up. After the match, they started to beat down old Billy. And then Swerve and Our Glory runs down to save Billy as the guns flee from the arena. Mm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this was here. <laughs> All right, so next up, uh, I'm sure you didn't watch this one. <laughs> Britt Baker was facing Kylan oh. King. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you know I didn't watch it. Uh, Britt picked up the win. Not gonna lie, I okay. didn't really tune in. <laughs> I mean, I knew <laughs> I knew it was gonna happen. It was a pretty quick match. She said that it was sad to hear about Thunder Rosa, or she grabbed a mic after the match. Said it was sad to hear about Thunder Rosa, but she wrestled her entire run with a broken wrist because that's what real champions do. She tells Tony that maybe someone will actually care about her pay per view match this time. To which Tony runs down, but is blindsided by Jamie, and then Hikaru Shida ran out. And the crowd went mild, and that was about it. <laughs> I forgot who that was for a sec, man. I was like, oh, Rio back. But... Mm. Dude, nobody even popped. Like, it was dead. They said that she had a women's title run, and I completely do not remember that at all. She was the one that uh, Britt beat. I don't, maybe, I don't know, I didn't. I skipped all the women's matches back then. <laughs> oh, man. I wasn't watching back then, but I think the champion lineage for the women's title is Riho. Yeah, she was the first. Nyla, Sheeta, Britt, Thunder. So Nyla won the title? Yep. I don't remember that. I don't think she had it for a real long time, to be honest with you. But I just remember, um, where's she been? Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> uh, where's she with Vicky? Yeah, but I don't think they're doing that anymore. Exhibit A, man. <laughs> they have something and then there's no mention of it on TV ever again. I remember Jake and Archer. Yeah. That, they never even. I don't... <laughs> no, there was no follow up. It was just. Archer ain't been on the show. Has he been hurt? No. I think he's in Japan for the G1 Climax, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, Nyla held the belt for the shortest reign, which is which was 101 days. Uh, Sheeta actually has the longest reign, which is kind of surprising. 372 days. What? Jesus. Where was I at? <laughs> Probably watching WWE. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, you know. <laughs> uh, we'll move on. To some other champions who have been banished. Swerving Our Glory challenged the acclaim to a match not on Rampage. I was shocked. I was like, oh, that's definitely where this one's headed. But they actually challenged them to a title <laughs> match at All Out. What do you mean by that? You know what, <laughs> what I mean. mean <laughs> you know exactly what I mean. <laughs> it ain't my decision. There was, no, there was no build to this, man. Well, it just happened out of nowhere. The acclaimed are like the number four contenders. That's another thing. 
Wins and losses are supposed to matter, and yet the number one contenders are never the ones challenging for the belt. It's always like four or five. Can you imagine that happening in UFC? Like the third-ranked competitor gets a title opportunity before the number one guy? That does happen. Would that ever happen? Does that happen? Yes, that does happen. Oh god! <laughs> I'll cut that part out. <laughs> I'm just, not well. What happens is they, um, a lot of times like the number one guy won't be ready to go, so then they go to the number two guy and say he just had a fight two months ago, and he's like, "Well, I'm not ready." They'll okay, go to the well, number three guy. Well, well, that I mean, that you can't really compare that to wrestling, then I guess. Uh, but still, man, the acclaim they pop up, jump over FTR. And now we got this t- title match at the pay per view. It makes sense. Is that what you telling me to happen, Micah? Is that is that what you telling me what happened? Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm sure it'll be a good match, but poor FTR. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen enough acclaimed matches that I would say, "Hey, this is going to be a great match." Can they both like? Can they have good matches? I've never seen like an atrocious match, and Keith Lee and Swerve are good. But I've never seen them have like a 15, 20 minute match. Have you? I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be a barn burner. I'm just saying I think it'll hold its own weight. <laughs> it's not going to be FTR Briscoe? Is that what you tell me? Yeah. No, don't, don't come expecting that. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of bad expectations. Oh, my. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Help me. Where do I begin? They they did it, man. They did it. Mm, mm, I remember mm. you sending a text hours beforehand that if Moxley won, you riot. Where are you at, Micah? I was expecting you to storm the ring. I, I will... I put on Twitter... That this is the worst booking decision Tony Khan has ever made. And I Mm. stand by that. Mm. Let me give a rundown before I get... I'm going to get hot about it. (laughs) Don't get hot about it. I'm going to get hot about it. Oh my god. Okay. Both guys come out. Moxley, Roar. They're in Cleveland, which is... You know, a rock throw down from Mox's hometown, Cincinnati. Sure, these are some of the same fans. Mox is over. I don't know. I don't know. Punk comes out. I don't know. They Moxley did get a good reaction, but I don't think it's because he's from Cincinnati. I just think that this fan base is enjoying Mox at this time. Maybe it's just us. Maybe the, we're the minorities. I think there are a lot of Mox fans out there, but I don't think that Punk would get booed that heavily in a lot of other places. You think people are starting to see through Punk? I think people are buying too much into the backstage rumors, which he basically told them that were wrong. Or did you see that article? He just comes off as an unlikable guy. I, I saw it. I saw it. He just comes off as an unlikable guy. Anyways... <laughs> Punk comes out to a half-and-half crowd. I would probably say more boos than cheers, but it was close. Felt like a big fight field. Yes, and I was on the edge of my seat. 
I genuinely did not know where this was going to go. I was kind of shocked it went on the middle of the show. I want to point this out. Uh, this show did do over a million viewers. This segment, let me let me give you the quarter breakdown of 8.45 to 9, and then 9.15 to, uh, or 9 to 9.15. And then after I'll tell you what happens, we'll go to 9.15 to 9.30. So at 8.45 to 9.30, or 8.45 to 9, I'm sorry, 1,036,000 viewers, or 3,600. No, 36,000, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay. Was the 8.45-9 quarter hour viewership. At 9 o'clock to 9.15, we jump up to... 1,198,000 viewers. Almost a 1.2 rating for this segment. Not bad. So, the match starts. It's a little back and forth. Punk goes for a head kick. His plant foot gets injured or whatever. Uh, Mox picks him up. Death Rider taunts everybody knew it was pretty much over another death rider flips off the camera one two three that was it that was the entire match john moxley versus cm punk for the undisputed aw world championship that was it three minutes uh punk's injury i I never saw a referee or anybody throw up an X. I think it was a work. That he got hurt in the middle of the match. Had, had to be. Had to be. After the match, Moxley goes up in the crowd and celebrates. Punk looks back from the entrance way. And that was pretty much it. Okay. Now, before I absolutely rip this one a new one again 1.2 mil for this quarter hour right after this yep. 1 million 30,000 we lost 200,000 people because Tony Khan bent everyone over and made them lick up a plate full of piss that he laid out for everybody this right here was awful. You, this, these are two of the biggest stars in this entire company. You put them on free television and you built it up and you did finger poke of doom levels of atrocity and made 200,000 people turn off their TV. Meanwhile, WWE is doing 2 million every show now. They're hotter than ever. And so your response is to hot shot a show with a world title match, undisputed world title match with two of your biggest stars in the entire company of the last 10, 15 years on free television instead of holding it two more weeks for the pay-per-view and get a bunch of buys out of it. And you have it, in, you have a squash match in three minutes. Do you think that this was a direct response to Punk going off script? This was like a punishment? Or do you think this was always the plan? 
from what I read today, this was Moxley's idea. Punk <laughs> went along with this. What from what I heard from different sources, and I don't want to say that this is factual, obviously, was that Mox wanted to do this match on television and he wanted to get his win. And Punk was reluctant, but eventually came around. And Moxley did not want to lose. And then just, like, he didn't want to lose at the pay-per-view, and that be it. I guess to protect his character or whatever. Mm. You put it on free TV two weeks before the pay-per-view? How does that make sense? It doesn't. None of this makes sense. <laughs> it was three minutes. And he squashed it. And then... He straight up... He straight up Goldberg, Brock Lesnar. And then just like everybody it. else, I didn't want to watch this show anymore. Man, I stuck around for the Stark segment. But I was out after that. I was so, because you know, I was an Ambrose fan. I, I don't particularly like Mox in his current incarnation. You know, going around making out with all the garbage wrestlers. But you can't have him beat your biggest star in less than three minutes. It. I don't care if it's a part of the long term storyline. I don't care if it it, it protected Punk because. I mean, technically he did get injured in the match, quote unquote. Bro, you can't you can't give this away two weeks from the pay per view. Just don't have the match. If Punk wasn't ready to go, don't have the match. And the biggest question that I came away with it, I understand where they're going. I get that. Do you? Because I don't. Explain it to me. Well, Explain it to me because I don't know what's going on. Well, that's what everybody on Twitter, I put that on Twitter, like I said, that, uh, you know, this is the dumbest thing. And some, you know, idiot commented back at me that I didn't know what <laughs> I was talking about, uh, that, you know, uh, this was great booking. CM Punk is what? CM Punk is not in condition to wrestle full time, so they brought him back for a short match to pass the title to John Moxley and sold us. He came back too soon. I liked it for what it was. Keep complaining. You gave it away on free television, and now you have no plans for your world title going out of this. Who's fighting Moxley all out? And if it is Punk. So he got two months off and his foot wasn't ready, but his foot will be ready in two weeks? How does that make any <laughs> sense? Can you imagine the heat they would have got if this would have happened in Chicago, though? They probably would have stormed the ring. Imagine if they put... Okay. Imagine if two weeks before WrestleMania, they put Roman and Brock on Raw. And Brock just <laughs> killed Roman. And then we're like, okay, we're going to have our rematch in two weeks. Nobody would go for Why it. would you do that? that? It's not smart booking. If this was Mox's idea, this was a terrible idea. Well, then it makes sense that it's his idea. That's why I believe that. Oh, man. Oh, man. I really did think that we were going to get Adam Page run in or at least a MJF sighting. 
Or at least but somebody. No, I have. I have no idea where this is going. Have Punk. If you would have had Punk turn heel, which I'm not a hundred percent in favor of, Punk's best work is heel. Don't get me wrong, but the fans were behind them before this week. Now that all this crap has come out, I'm completely fine for him to turn heel because everybody wants to hate him now, anyways. Which is fine. Punk's a better heel, but. Have a screwy finish. I mean, my God. You act like that's not the easiest way to get out of something that you hot shot the TV. Have Punk low blow him. Or I wouldn't have had this match on free TV. This was this should have been the pay-per-view match. They they shouldn't have locked up before the pay-per-view. It just didn't make any sense. This they Goldberg Hollywood Hogan this match. Like they gave it away on free TV. When they could have built this up. This could have went on for two more weeks, Micah. And then it happened at the pay-per-view. I'm not even 100% upset with the fact that they put it on free TV. But if you would have gave them 20 minutes and had Punk low blow him or Moxley cheat, but I think Punk would have got more heat. Okay, if Mox wants to validate his little interim reign or whatever that's been garbage in the first place, have him cheat to win. He's in a freaking group with other heels. Danielson is a heel. Or was. So, like, at what point... I, what squash match has ever led to a match two weeks later? Now, a screwy finish leading to a match two weeks later? Okay, that makes sense. I've seen that before. But this? No, this was garbage. And it pissed me off. I didn't want to watch the rest of the show. And I very, I was not interested in it. By the main event? Did not care. I don't care if Meltzer yeah, gave it five know. stars. How did, okay, we'll, we'll get that. But still, I was, this was so bizarre. Why? Why do this? Why? There's there's literally no good payouts for this. Like you said, I mean, if Punk comes back and they have another match at All Out, how is his foot going to, so his foot is magically healed in two weeks? I guess. And now your buy rate's going to suffer because everybody just saw it. You gave it away. Nobody wants to see it anymore. I just, I cannot understand. You know, when you said this was the worst booking of Tony Khan's AEW, like, of him being head booker, I I think you're right. I can't name anything else that was worse than this. This was This was bad, man. Terrible. And I are we the minorities? Are people liking this on Twitter? It was very undecided. Was it polar was it polarizing? It was very back and forth. Some people loved it and thought that the story, the cinema of it was great. Um, but this was awful. Uh I don't care what way you spin it. If because you still would have been able to get something out of it if there was a screwy finish. And you put it on at 9 o'clock, and it killed the rest of your show. The show rating kept going down after this. But if you can pull in $1.2 million for this, you just turned 200,000 people away. Oh, they, they barely scratched over a million this week with this. I think it was one, $1 million, like four. Is he trying to sink this company? He ain't helping it float. 
<laughs> oh man, this was wow. I was the rest of the show. I really didn't care for man. This turned me off. I almost left. If stars didn't appear in the next segment, I would have left a lot earlier. That that's the only. We'll get we'll get to it. Well, I'll get to the recap at the end. Christian was in the back after this. <laughs> There's no good segue to anything else. This is this was horrible. <laughs> so I'm just gonna move on <laughs> and act like I didn't have to witness this. Hey man, Moxley, Moxley he pulled the that doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I say it as a Punk fan because I, I am a CM Punk fan, but. I can accept that guys need to lose when they need to lose. That's not my issue. I'm fine with Punk losing the belt at some point in time. Make him lose it to the right guy in the right fashion in a good feud. Could you ima- but but could you imagine, Micah, if they would have gave if like Wardlow were squash punk like this? Well then that would have been uh, I mean I I don't know. That would have meant a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> it would have solidified him as a top guy. Yeah. If Samoa Joe had wow. came out and beat Punk like this, it would have done more for Samoa wow. Joe. Absolutely. But Mox didn't need this win. And at the end of the day, if he doesn't want to lose to Punk at all out, or, you know, if he's like, oh, it'll hurt my character, how? <laughs> like, who's really getting hurt? The only person getting hurt by losing to punk was page. But I mean, you put butterflies on your pants and call yourself a cowboy. You might be doing that one to yourself. Starks got elevated. Hobbs got elevated. Wardlow got elevated. MJF got elevated by facing and losing to punk. Yeah. Did you, did you see that? What did you hear when, uh, Taz said like, did punk did did punk come back too soon? And then uh, Jr. said <laughs> he he got his butt kicked. You know, explicit of kick. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty funny. I was. <laughs> I just I was picturing you throwing furniture as soon as this happened, man. Oh man, me and my wife were hyped. Like we were sitting on the couch watching it, and I I literally we didn't talk for like ten minutes. I knew something went down because you texted me. Let me know when you watch Dynamite. <laughs> like nothing, nothing positive. Just let me know when you watch. <laughs> I tried to not give it away. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, went down. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't want to say, I don't want to say, hey, uh, you know, God, you got to watch Dynamite. It was horrible. Because <laughs> then it's like, oh, well, now you know Moxley won, but. Mm, Poor Christian Cage was in the back trying to rectify the 200,000 people. He said he was going to give Jungle Boy one, or he tried to give Jungle Boy one last chance last week, and he didn't want to accept it. He still wanted to play these games and not accept the truth that Christian's better than him. He said he's going to figure out that he's not in Christian, Jungle Boy's going to figure out that he's not in Christian's league, and he says, I'll find you it all out and show you who the real breadwinner is. Uh, I mean, yeah. I like Christian. Yeah, this was good. I just, it just followed. <laughs> it had a bad taste in our mouth. Yeah. 
I mean, if I eat dog crap and then I eat ice cream, the ice cream probably still won't taste right. So, yeah. <laughs> well, now that my palate had been cleansed and I had had some time to calm down, Ricky Starks was up next. Now, this was great. Love Ricky. But I just, I was so pissed off. <laughs> Uh, he said he's not in a good mood. He was dealing with all the issues that have arisen in the last past few weeks. Uh, you know, Hobbs turning on him, the factory dealing with their bullcrap, uh, neck problems. I believe he said. He said he gave Hobbs he gave Hobbs everything he ever wanted and saved him from playing second fiddle to Britt Baker and her security team. If he said, if I you ate, you know, I never let you not get what I was eating. We, we were brothers. I loved you like a brother. I gave you everything you ever wanted to have. And I wanted us to have success in this business. And you got selfish and turned on me. And you went for my neck. And you know how sensitive that is. And going on and on. He, I mean, he was hot. Like, fired up. The crowd was behind him. Tear in his eye. You know, uh, he called Hobbs a snake. And he said, where I'm from, we cut heads off snakes. And it all out, that's exactly what I'm going to do to you, Will Hobbs. Uh, boy, this was was creme brulee. Just <laughs> had was, a mouthful of crap still. <laughs> yeah, he was fired up, man. But I was ready to tap out on his show. <laughs> I love promo. Just he was the he was the right guy in the wrong place. Yep. I'll say that. I love Ricky. Don't get me wrong. Just, nah, we'll see. Not, not at this point. I was. Well, hold on. Hey, home. Your dog's fired up too, man. He's <laughs> pissed about punk. <laughs> I'm going to let him quit barking and then. All right, we got one more thing and then I'm not really going to talk about the trios match because we went. What about, did you want to cover the Moxley uh, promo? Yeah. I heard he cut a promo after the show, too. Bashing WWE. Looks like he stole Punk's gimmick there, too. <laughs> he won the title and took his gimmick. <laughs> Punk can't have nothing. <laughs> All right. All right, you ready? Yes, sir. So then after this, uh, the person I think I wanted to see least out of like anyone on this planet was back he showed up he showed to make sure you finish your plate of piss man. <laughs> um he basically goes on to say that you know oh you call yourself the best in the world look who's champ now you piece of garbage uh <laughs> he said that he wrote everybody wrote mox's obituary when punk came back and said that he wasn't going to be you know anybody anymore but it's nobody's time but his now and yeah, I mean, it's his time. Cena, incoming Cena? Question mark. Incoming Triple H. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I. I uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, just I, I don't know. They could have done it. They could have had Sean and Brett after this, and I don't think I would have liked it. Bro, The Rock could have came out. I still would have turned the show off. <laughs> Uh, Death Triangle versus Aussie Open and Will Ospreay in the Trios Tag Tournament. Uh, I watched this, but... I was numb at this point. Yeah. 
I really just don't have any comments. It was fun. It was not five stars. It was a typical Bucks match. Uh, Aussie Open and Will Ospreay won. I was shocked, but uh, they're fighting Kip. Kenny next week. Oh, Kip, Kip I almost forgot. <laughs> Kip showed up. Uh, the guy that's been building up this storyline, he's been at every single AEW show wearing a box for the last uh, last year. Micah, he was there when we were at the pay per view in March. No, October, wasn't he? That was the dynamite we went to in October, mm-hmm. right? He was there with the box. He's been doing this for a year. And what's the payoff to this angle? A loss in the All Atlantic Championship match. Of course. <laughs> uh, um yeah, I mean just the bow to this crap sandwich was placed <laughs> with Kip Sabian coming out for the main events and, and having a a marquee spot in this show. It should did, tell you where this show is going, man. Did you see... Did you watch this match at all? I saw Kip come out. Pac did the Adam Page thing where he does the moonsault and he wasn't looking backwards. I uh, kid you not, he was on the turnbuckle for 30 seconds waiting oh, to get his feet yeah. set. Yeah, and then everybody had to, like... And they had to sell it, but like pretend like they didn't see him up there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, after he did the little moonsault or whatever, uh, he stares at a man in the box, which he rips the box off and it's a decoy. It's not Kip Sabian. And then Kip comes from behind, attacks Pack, and the ref was like, they had to cope, like, or make up an excuse for the ref to not be there or whatever. Um, did and, anybody even make a reaction for Kip Sabian? Little, he get rea- Do, does anybody even remember who that is? This is the first time I've ever seen him. This is the first time you've seen him. Yep. Yeah, he gets a main event spot on this show. Kip Sabian. That's the payoff to this so-called this so-called long-term angle they've been planning. This is the payoff. And if that doesn't sum up anything about this dynamite, I don't think anything else will. We can't top that, man. We can't top that. All in all, uh, an abortion of a show. I wish I would never have watched this. I would never go back and watch any of this show. I hated every single second of it, especially when Punk Punk lost, man. Mm. Rotten, 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 rotten. Hated, hated it. You ever get to like the bottom of a bag of grapes and you're about to just like the <laughs> nasty one? Yeah. That's how I felt for the rest of the night, man. Um I I kid you not, if we weren't if we weren't recording this podcast, Micah, I would have like I would not tune in next week. I wouldn't I wouldn't watch pay per view. I wouldn't watch this show. This has just been bad. I would because I like AEW and I want to see it do good, but I, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, sugarcoat They're... or defend something just because I like the company. And something's bad, I'm going to tell you. Raw, AEW, whatever. I don't care. Bro, they're getting WCW 2000 levels. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, the train right. is... WCW 2000 have bigger stars. I'll get... All right, well, this is going <laughs> to... Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, good Monday night. 
not so good Wednesday. We'll see where it goes. Fridays. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you excited for Rampage? <laughs> uh, there was actually I think Dustin versus Claudio that I thought was interesting. I think Punk. They they announced Punk was going to speak on Rampage. Well, they were going to hear from CM Punk. I don't know if that means he's going to be there live, but. Mm. Well, we'll see. Um, but. And then yo, whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, Trustbusters okay. doing something on no. Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. The end man. of mine. I ain't watching. Let's get up out of here, man. <laughs> all right. Well, all in all, uh, good Monday night. Not so good Wednesday. But we'll be back this weekend. SmackDown review. Uh, perhaps Rampage. We'll see. <laughs> uh, and we'll have the weekend update, all the scoops of the week, matches of the week, and our show of the week. Pred- Are we giving predictions next week? Mm. Or uh, on, the, on the SmackDown? Review? Are we giving predictions for the for the Cardiff show, or we could see either this week, either this weekend update or next weekend update. We'll just have to see how it falls. Uh, Probably this weekend. I don't know. You'll have to tune in to see. Yeah. Follow (laughs) Scoop Slam. We'll let you know. Yep. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for exclusive updates. Uh, We give out you know live updates of our show thoughts there. And or just, you know, hey, we're about to release an episode or, hey, we're recording tonight. Make sure to tune in in the next couple of days. Check out our YouTube channel. We're slowly trying to, you know, move some stuff over there. That way, just have a broader audience. And as always, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed your time and have a good rest of your day. Peace, everybody.